0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate and, in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no
2: matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Good Morning New York. It is my pleasure to be here with you again this morning. I am your host, Vince Rocco, and we are coming to you live from Blastoff Studios in Times Square as usual. Um, After months of anticipation, Mayor Bill de Blasio has revealed details about his affordable housing Uh, policy, including his stance on reforms to the 421A program. Under the mayor's proposal, the tax abatement would no longer apply to condo projects. In rental projects, developers receiving the tax break would be required to set aside 25 to 30 percent of all the units as affordable and would extend that abatement period from 25 to 35 years. His proposal also calls for changing the existing mansion tax on properties sold in New York City. Currently, the tax is 1% of the purchase price on any home sold at a $1 million and up. The new tax would add an additional 1% to home sales over $1.75 million, and any home over $5 million would be taxed at 1.5% additional. In the meantime, New York real estate agents are not happy about the mayor's proposed plans for the 421A and mansion tax changes. Gossip columnist Liz Smith, remember her? Uh, She says that she moved to New York in the late 1940s and she would eat crackers and ketchup to save money as she was beginning her career. In this town, some still say they wish they could afford that meal because it seems to be a fancy meal. After paying their mortgage, phone bill, Con Ed and everything else in a month, they've been eating air to save money and they are still short of funds. But since 1979, Smith has lived and worked in Murray Hill where the median rental price is now $3,495 and the median sales price is $850,000. Liz Smith today is 92 and she still churns out her gossip from her Murray Hill appointment, uh, apartment. So times have certainly changed since the 1940s. Chinese investment in New York City real estate has been the subject of many a trend story over the last few years – in all, Chinese investors have spent more than five billion dollars on New York City properties since early 2013, according to data from the firm Real Capital Anal- Analytics, up from less than three hundred million in 2012. So, um, we want to talk today about women in New York City real estate—a fascinating topic and a fascinating uh, interview coming up. Crew New York is the largest women's real estate organization. In New York City with more than 350 members, this professional group was established in 2015 to bring together two sister organizations, the Association for Real Estate Women (AREW) and the New York City Chapter of Commercial Real Estate Women Network (CREW or Crew). Crew New York exists to provide outstanding educational programs and networking opportunities that support the advancement and success of women in the real estate industry. Their mission is to influence the success of the commercial real estate industry by advancing the achievements of women. They do this by looking outward to bring more women into the industry by showcasing their achievements. With me today are two co-presidents, uh, Christine Chiper, excuse me, and Jane Lyons. Christine is a senior vice president at Wells Fargo Insurance Services. And for more than 25 years, she has been instrumental in developing, placing, and maintaining insurance programs for regional, national, and international clients. She is an active member of Wells Fargo National Real Estate and Construction Hospitality Practice Groups. Jane is a managing partner at Rhodes Associates. During her more than 25-year career in executive search and organizational consulting, she has completed more than 700 search and consulting assignments specializing in the real estate industry globally. Jane has assisted many of the world's leading uh, real estate companies, including banking, commercial lending, investment, and private uh, and public owner developers in recruiting their most successful executives. We are waiting on Jane. She is stuck in traffic, but we're here to talk to Christine. Good morning.
3: Highlighting crew New York.
2: No, very uh, – thank you for being here. So, Christine, I wanted to start a bit about uh, with your progression um, from start to finish. How did you get to where you are today? Uh, as a co-president of Crew New York.
3: Well, like I where said, did you
2: begin your career?
3: I began my career at a very early age at 17 when I thought I had the dream job. I was looking at a, a cork board with old jobs on it because it was a long time ago. There was no internet. And there was a, a job I posted for a gal Friday. And I thought, oh, wow, I could just work on Fridays and earn all this money. <laughs> so I ran out and applied and I got the job and it wasn't in an insurance office. And I worked for a sole practitioner who would leave for the day. And he said, Chrissy, if anybody calls, there's all those books up there. Read read the books, find the answer, call them back. And I have to say at 17 or 18, I felt really empowered to know more about, at that point in my career, it was personal insurance than most of my contemporaries and my parents and, and other adults. And I really liked it. And I stayed in the business for the next 15 or so years, servicing, doing service and technical positions in a variety of um, fields, including retail, real estate, construction, and hospitality. Um, I worked for a very large broker out on Long Island called BWD Group, really terrific place. But in 2002, I needed to do something better, and I joined Wells Fargo as part of their senior management team. So I stayed on their senior management team helping to develop the business for a while, and after a while, it just wasn't as – wasn't what I was used to. I was really used to doing deals and being in front of clients and client serving. And my job at Wells Fargo really turned into a budgeting and HR position, which just wasn't for me. So in 2006, I embarked on a changing career. And with Wells Fargo, I started as a sales executive. And that got me back in the pits, doing deals with clients, helping people meet their needs and meet their financial objectives.
2: Now, now this is in Mortgages or is this an this insurance? This is an insurance. Okay.
3: Um, so I had no no experience doing sales. I had no contacts. So I joined Crew. Crew seemed like a great place to meet other people in the business, to build a big network and to learn more about the field and meet people that had specialties in the field that could help me develop my business.
2: Let's get back to let's get back to the insurance practice first for a little bit at Wells Fargo. So you join Wells Fargo when you become this leader in, in selling insurance and, and providing mm-hmm. insurance. Types of policies for people. What types of insurance do you deal with
3: at Wells Fargo? We have a couple of different divisions. The division I deal in is the property and casualty division, where we provide risk management insurance solutions for commercial clients, typically large, larger commercial clients. Um, $100 in sales and over, if you will, or 150 employees and above. We provide uh, property insurance, general liability insurance, umbrella, professional liability, cyber, all of those types of coverage. Another division in my office handles employee benefits, and we also provide services to high net worth personal clients.
2: Now, what, what type of services do the high net worth individuals seek from you?
3: They really need a different approach on handling insurance. It's not like calling GEICO and getting you know, a quote online or over mm-hmm. the phone. They have really difficult and interesting exposures. They have large collections of art that move around. They have yachts. Many of them have aircraft. So it just takes a different type of professional to handle that risk versus just the plain auto and homeowners
2: type broker. So for our listening audience around the world, and this is a global show, so people outside of New York City might not necessarily understand what you know uh, um, a national organization of uh, strong and successful women uh, means here at CREW. So for, the, for that audience, what is CREW and why is this organization so important, firstly here in New York and then from a national perspective?
3: CREW stands for Commercial Real Estate Women Um, Our mission is really to help provide a forum where women could learn, they could network, they could build businesses together, and they could support each other in the real estate industry here in New York and across the country. New York Crew is New York-based, so all the women in New York are going to network. I personally have built a network of friends, colleagues that do a variety of different things from environmental testing to title. So when I'm helping one of my clients, I could tap into any one of these leaders within crew and get assistance or information to help bring my deal to a close. Crew with, Crew New York is part of a national organization called Crew Network which has 72 chapters across the US and in Canada and that helps because it expands your network. If I have a deal in Minnesota, I may not know that much about local Minnesota law for a construction project, but I have people that I could call. That could help me. If somebody in Minnesota has a deal, they can call me. I could help them or place the business for them. So it's a great way to grow your business. It's a great way to learn leadership skills. It's a great way to learn how to network better. And it's a comfortable environment for women to talk to each other where maybe at a senior level in a company, especially in the real estate world, most of the people you report to are going to be men. And you may not feel comfortable asking that question that you might think is stupid but you just don't have the answer to. You have a whole network of people to talk to about a professional question or just how to handle a particular situation in the workplace.
2: Let's talk a little bit about the Association of Real Estate Women, A-R-E-W, which folded, I guess, into or merged into CREW, which was existing. How did that organization or association differ from, I guess, the the, the core the, of what my CRU CREW was about? Yeah. So
3: Aru, um, back in the day, it was formed in 1978 and I was not part of Aru, but Aru was a separate women's organization. They were quite substantial. Um, about In 2001, Crew Network approached Aero and asked them if they would be interested in joining Crew. The leaders of Aero at the time didn't think anything was outside the boundaries of New York, so they didn't do it. But there was a group of women that really wanted to have the national platform, so they splintered off and formed Crew in 2001. Through the years, we've worked very collaboratively with Aero, inviting them to our events, and we attended their events. And then finally, last year... Actually, two or three years ago, we started talking about a proposed merger, which would, A, help us uh, parlay our sponsorship dollars all to one place, help us get better speakers, not have conflicts with event planning and things of that nature. It also made us the largest real estate group for women in New York.
2: Talk a little bit, if you can, about the types of women or the professions that these women um, are involved in as members of crew. So what types of women are a part of this network, this, as you call a uh, network of successful women trying to help each other get even, you know, more, you know, notoriety, more success, mm-hmm. et cetera. What, what types of backgrounds do they have?
3: Most of them are high level professionals and they are drawn to crew for either mentoring or leadership training in New York in crew New York. Our top five professional professionals are in law, Finance, construction, property management, and asset management. Okay, and so we it's have, across the board. to across the board. We have women who own environmental abatement companies, title people, you 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 name it, we have it. I think we have like seventy-four different types of, organi- of, of industries that um, participate in CREW.
2: All right. So from a from a, a mentoring perspective or from an organization, a crew organizational perspective, you say that you provide all of these support. Type tools mm-hmm. to women. What t- talk to talk to us a little bit about what you can provide for a successful uh, lawyer or for a successful Wall Street uh, female executive. What what do they come to you seeking?
3: Most of the women who are very, very successful are coming to seek speaking opportunities and mentoring opportunities for young women in real estate to help bring them up or to help build out their network of professionals that they could relate to for a particular deal. We have just launched our Young Leaders Group, which is going to have its kickoff event. I believe it's May, uh, April, no, June 4th. And it's going to be headed up by Dina Bakowitz. And our Young Leaders Group is really going to be focused on those young women that are coming up through the ranks. Senior women are going to be participating in training of interview skills, how to dress for work, how to network. Um, we're going to do some um, LinkedIn training and things like that to help them advance their career and work with women. You know, work with women that are in a senior position in companies.
2: All right, we have to take a break, but first, you are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. We will be right back.
1: Visit Blue Realty Group.com. That's BLU Realty Group.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco
2: at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we're back, and Ivy Ray has joined us to say good morning. Yes, good morning to you,
4: ma'am. It, what an extraordinary platform. And organization. Largely, I mean, how great was the need, especially in the commercial end of the industry and male dominated completely. And you guys are doing incredible work.
3: Thank you very much. And wow. we're growing like crazy. And I wanted to just add that 35% of our members have more than 20 years' experience. Wow.
2: And, well, go ahead. Go which ahead.
3: is really terrific because it really helps our young leaders. Of
2: course. I wanted to talk about you know the fact that you're growing. So there was a recent luncheon that was announced that Crew was selected to host the 2016 Crew National Convention. How does the national organization differ from the New York City local chapter?
3: So um, we're really thrilled that we're going to be able to host the 2016 Crew National Convention because it'll put Crew New York on the map. Um, the national. Uh, organization, like I said before, has 72 chapters across the U.S. and in Canada, and it will really put New York as the focal point for commercial real estate. And let's face it, it's a place everyone wants to visit. So it's a Uh three-day event. We're going to have uh, key speakers from all of the big real estate families presenting at this event. Um, It's going to be just a tremendous opportunity for getting our name out there, getting more women to join, increasing our sponsorship, and getting more people, high-level speakers to speak at our events.
2: This particular merger from uh, Aru, as you call it, in crew has really united some of the most formidable players in the New York City marketplace. Can you explain that? I mean obviously there's, there's a, an attraction to wanting to be part of a, a, a group that is successful. But what, you know, what has made this um, a place to be? for successful women in this industry? Well, I
3: think successful women in the industry, in the commercial real estate industry, in New York especially, there's not too many women around. When you look around, there's mm-hmm. nobody around you. So they're really drawn to a place where there are the high-level women that they could meet, and they share a lot of different things. They're influences, they um, share networks, they share advice. Um, our members are very highly publicized, in a lot of the local papers, if you look almost Every other week on the Real Estate Weekly or the Real Estate Forum, you're going to see someone from Crew New York sitting on the cover. Our members regularly get high level awards and recognition. In fact, this year at Lori Sokol's uh, 15 Women to Watch, 11 of the members, 11 of the 15 women were crew ladies. Um, Our members have also been on the Real Estate Forum Who's Who and Real Estate Who to Watch you know, women to watch in real estate. I was featured as well as Sarah Rubenstein, our treasurer, and Faith Hope Consolo, who is a- Faith is a, former, a dynamo
2: in New York, yeah. Faith
3: is a former president of ARU and she's a member of Crew New York.
4: Wow. And how incredible to have a, an ongoing platform where you can just share your stories, which is so powerful, to be able to talk about what it's been like to be who you are and how you got there and- you know, and it's really great to talk about how we're going to
3: move forward and how we're going to help each other. There yeah. are so many deals that go on. In fact, the gem tower that Excel built, they, our group in Crew, New York won an award nationally last year. For it was a, The lawyer that was brought into that group was someone from Crew, and she brought in eight other women from Crew, New York to be wow. part of that deal from architectural to office design to title to finance. You name it. There was somebody from Crew sitting at that table.
2: How powerful. And that's amazing. <laughs> I have a question. I mean, it's sort of a funny question, but because of the success of these successful women in this organized, you know, uh, uh, crew um, company, so to speak, do you get men leaders in, in industry wanting to come in and knock your doors down and be a part of what you guys are doing? I can only imagine, you know, some very top named commercial real estate agents in town would probably want to be a part of this.
3: Actually, we do get a handful of men at our events and men are welcome. In fact, many of the women who got to where they are today would not have been there if it had not been for a sponsor or a mentor Mm -hmm. or... some man taking them by the hand and really rallying for them to bring them up through the, you know, through the ranks in the company. So we really feel that, that you need to have men that support women because that's going to help women continue to get ahead in the real estate business. And, yeah. yes, we do welcome men and the smart men will be there. Ha. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well said. Yeah. <laughs> Crew New York is committed to charitable giving, which you demonstrate through your partnerships and your successful Scholastic – programs for young women looking to enter the real estate realm. What type of charitable giving are we talking about here? We have sh- our
3: own 501c3 called um, the Char- Crew Charitable Fund and we provide scholarships. So far to date, we've provided over 185000 in scholarships wow. to young women that are going to secondary, uh, you know, to postgraduate um, real estate degrees. Um,
2: We have Jane joining us. Good morning, Jane. Yes, I
3: <laughs> We also support some uh, initiatives for young women. We're supporting um, a, the Bally Leadership uh, Summit this summer where underprivileged girls come for two weeks and learn leadership skills. So this summer on July 23rd, we're actually going to be there in person providing um, a, a nice training for these young women. And we're also making a nice donation to the organization. Uh, how
4: important. Beautiful.
3: We, we provide um, clothing to Bottomless Closet once a year to help women um, that are reentering the workforce that have left for a number of years. And that's done in coordination with our leading ladies uh, luncheon that we do, which this year was sold outstanding room only. Well,
2: I want to ask wow. you about that because throughout the year, Crew New York offers ample opportunity to network and engage with women in real estate through outstanding programs of luncheons, breakfast seminars. Uh, lectures, cocktail events. What are these events designed to accomplish? And can you give us an example of some of these events?
5: You know, um, I think that professional business organizations were put on this earth to um, drive our agenda forward. And our agenda is to have continuing education experiences for particularly women, but we're gender neutral. I mean, I think that even though we are – are in our name of course we're commercial real estate women it's really to provide forums for new concepts new um theories about what's going on in commercial real estate and mostly to have a forum where people can drive their careers forward their knowledge base forward we are doing um we have a really wonderful uh, hospitality panel coming up um in 2 weeks and that's it's really to talk about um the whole change of hospitality and food and beverage, which, by the way, started as Genesis in New York. And Ian Schrager was probably, I would say, at the forefront of that. And so his CEO is actually going to be on the board of this panel that we're having. And um, we've got a hospitality banker from Wells Fargo that's going to talk about financing. So the idea really is to bring create forums where people can come together – professionally, they can actually learn something, they can make contacts with sort of senior um, knowledge thought leaders in our business and get a chance to meet with them. And, you know, I think that women have been behind the eight ball only because they got to the game late. It's not for any other reason that they got to the game later. And so we're trying to catch up.
2: Getting to the game late, that's an interesting way to describe this. Why do you think that is? I mean, just because of family issues, because of uh, men always dominating the, the commercial industry or any industry for that matter. Why do you think, you know, women getting to where you guys are today, super successful?
3: Historically, women I was didn't work say, in the professional world. Question.
2: Right.
3: You know, when I grew up, 90% of the mothers stayed home. So right. there was very few working and those that worked were nurses or secretaries, which is a word we don't use anymore. Um, and other professions that weren't that Advanced or professional, and now women are seeking higher degrees in bigger numbers than men. Mm-hmm. And they're because of the skill set that we're born with. Women are just rising very quickly.
2: Jane, in the beginning, I asked um, Christine to explain her progression from you know her early career to where she is today as co-president of Crew. And I'd like you to do the same thing. Where did you begin your career, and how did you get here?
5: W, M, B, N. Michigan's beautiful north in radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Really? Oh wow. Uh-huh. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, welcome. So Potaski, Maryland, <laughs> it's a hot spot of activity. Cool. All uh, right. Yeah. Well <laughs> So I think um, the most important thing and Christina and I have talked about this and we talk with everybody. Um, you know, starting radio, I end up being a co-president of a commercial real estate organization in the city of New York. The only way you get there is through networking and opportunity, mm-hmm. okay? And that is – that's the world, okay? So it's not unique. The only thing that I think um, is unique and that people need to take embrace, which is what the organization does and what we try and foster, is I don't think networking is um, – you're not born with it. It is not a natural trait. Mm-hmm. And if one more person says, oh, I got here because I'm a people person. Oh, God. I, I hate that
2: word. I know. I hate that You place.
5: know, I mean – And just knowing people, introducing people, doesn't mean that there's any forward activity.
2: Agreed. There's a real skill set involved.
5: Yeah, it's relationship building. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It is. It's all about relationship. It's all relationship building, and I think no matter how you network and whether you're a people person or not, it really (laughs) is about your skill. In um, relationships. I mean, in in residential real estate, it's the same thing. You maintain your customers and your client base based on your relationship and based on the likability factor and the credibility factor and what you bring to the table.
3: That's a great point. You know, when I first got involved in Crew the first year, I was like, first time I ever went into a room, I, I met one person. And then I was like, That's terrible. That was a waste of a night. I have to get two cards next time to be successful. Two. Well, I was very shy. I'd never been in a sales role. And then after the first year, I met most of the women and I still didn't get any business. And you just don't get business. So the next year, I joined a committee. And I found the women that I worked with at the committee and they found out that I was trustworthy and reliable and that I Mm. knew what I was talking about and that I helped them with some of their issues that they had or answered questions. All of a sudden, business started to flow. And it's really been a great thing. And now moving up, being on many committees and crew and now being the president, um, it's really been a, a great ride for me from a business perspective, from business development and and, and just meeting one. great people. I've met so many fabulous women, usually successful women that you could just ask anything about. Like how do you juggle your kids with your career or your husband or or. I got to have a negotiation well, with my boss and how do I talk to him about that I should make more money or yeah, whatever this yield is. Deal you know, su- much as-
2: success you know, really includes being personal as well as professional because you have to always you know, deal with both in our everyday lives. So family life and professional life is important. I yeah. interrupted.
4: Were you going to say something? I, I was just going to say something. As, as much as I don't want to make the divide, the divide is very real between, our, mm-hmm. between genders and the worlds that we navigate as men and women on a large scale tend to be very different. Well, and what women are involved with in their lives is a a whole different universe than what men are. And I just, again, am kudos to you guys for creating a forum where women can not only obviously learn how to put together pieces well, which is a part of networking. What good mm-hmm. is it if you walk out with a hundred cards if you don't know what the hell to do with it? Great. But to have the forum, I said to you before, where women can come and share stories, especially younger women, mm-hmm. where you're dealing with all of the pulls and the conflicts of being a powerful, professional mover and shaker as a female, mm-hmm. and then all of the things that you still hold dear in your life and you want to be able to do them all well. Mm. It's a big world to navigate and you guys Absolutely. are incredible. I'm and then so after you
3: finish with your children, then you have to deal with your parents, which is oh, totally. and, then then your sister, which and then your
4: sisters, which become your old children age. too. We, so, we hold a lot. You know? There's we, a lot of responsibility. That's, that. that's who we are. It's what we do.
2: It mm-hmm. circles around. It really does. So Woo. we have about a minute left. So what are the... What are your goals as, you know, co-presidents going forward? What, you know, where you are today with Crew, where would you like to see it in the next 12 months or 24 months? Anything special or just continue, you know, the good work that you're all doing today?
3: Well, one of the things we're looking at now that we have our emerging leaders group is having a, a group of women that have 20 or 25 years plus experience be a separate um, part of the organization that could participate in regular events as well as ho- will hold special events. So those women want to have a different kind of networking. Mm. They want to have a different experience. When they come to an event, they may not want to be with somebody who's been in the business for five years. They may want to just be with the deal makers. What's great about that is once we have these two groups fully solidified, we'll be able to do some really hardcore mentoring. Mm. We'll really be able to set up matches, and that's very good value for both sets.
5: And I actually have a broader um I want to take a broader bite out of sort of commercial, women in commercial real estate. I want us to be the most powerful sort of voice of women, of women getting from college into the pipeline, whether it's development, con, you know, construction, finance, you know, MA, advisory. I mean, I just think I want to be a dri- driver where we represent sort of a new class of women coming into commercial real estate. I, I, I want to take over the world effectively. You
2: know, <laughs> ladies, thank oh, yeah. you. We, we are out of time. Christine and Great. Jane from Crew New York, a very successful women's organization here in commercial um, real estate in New York City and nationally. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we'd like to see you come back again soon. Great.
3: Thanks, Finn. Thank we you. need
2: to go to break on the other side of that break. We will have our star panel. So don't go away.
1: Visit Blue Realty Group.com. That's B L U Realty Group.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America. At 1-866-472-5788. That's one 866 472 Or send an email to V. Rocco at Blue That's V. Rocco at BLU Realty com.
2: Now, Back to the show. All right, everybody. We are back um, and we just finished talking to Christine and Jane from Crew New York, a very successful women's organization here in New York that provides structure, mentoring, uh, and guidance to very successful women at the start of their career and as they're going along in their career. So dynamite organization. Thank you for them and a dynamite organization as well. All right, so we are back with our panel. We have Ivy Ray, we have Peru Brombeck, and we have Deborah Hoffman. Good morning, ladies. Good morning.
4: Good Good morning, everybody. This is
2: a ladies' show. Unfortunately, Apparently. It's following on the skirts of two powerful women. Ladies, there you have it. Unfortunately, Niall is not here with us this morning. Well, he may come in any moment, but there's a fire on the subway tracks under the ground this morning. The N and the Q and the R? Yeah. The NQ. NQ. And so he's stuck underground. Um, Hopefully, all will be okay. And <clears throat> we will see if he makes it. So how are you all?
6: Doing We're great. Good. How are you, Vince? Really good. How are you, Vince?
2: I'm pretty good. Not pretty good. How, how was your weekend? weekend? Oh. <clears throat> you first? I had a very busy weekend, actually. I, um, back in
4: real estate this weekend?
2: I was back in real estate this weekend. Yeah. I worked um three open houses and then I had several meetings in my office with um some of my agents. And then, you know, typically on Sunday afternoon, I've carved out a couple of hours to script this radio show because my days during the week have gotten so busy that I don't have time to really even think about it. So yeah. apologize if the prep stuff got to you guys late this week. But um, yeah, just a very busy real estate weekend, but fun.
6: But it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. As it opposed to feels... sitting around sometimes when mm, you don't want to sit And around. I can't
2: do that and I don't want to. So if I have multiple irons in the fire or balls in the air, whatever they call it, I'm a happy camper. And Saturday was pretty much the same, although I did take some time out to have some, some friend time. So that was good. Good for you. Any open houses this weekend? And I ask because I'm curious about this coming weekend, Memorial Day weekend here in New York City. Traditionally, uh, open houses on holiday weekends, three day weekends, long weekends, as we call them, are not very good, not very robust. So I'm trying to figure out for my own business. I'm going to (coughs) be in town this weekend. I'm not away. Um, Yay. I enjoy New York City when it's quiet and everybody is gone. Um, But I'm thinking of not doing open house this weekend. My Open houses this past Sunday were very quiet and very slow. So I'm thinking that's a prelude into this upcoming long weekend and probably this, summit, this Sunday it will be uh, more the same. So I think I'm going to just kick back and relax. Any thoughts on open house this Sunday for the you listening know What audience?
7: I've noticed is um, I, I feel like uh, we don't get – Right now, this year and last year, as much traffic in early spring as we're used to. And I think it's because we've had some brutal winters. So when the mm-hmm. sun is out and people have their weekends, they, they really just want to – I mean, right now I think we're all a little greedy and, and, and needing so of, right. of some vitamin D. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I mean, really, I mean, it's like my open houses have been pretty like trickling but uh, mostly serious people and getting offers <laughs> off of them and a lot of appointments is what I'm – like I'm seeing the trend being not as much open houses and more appointments.
2: Let's talk about um, – I, I want to ask a question. This is more personally because I'm, I'm trying to figure something out in one of my listings. So I want – seek your advice actually before we get to our hot topics. So a two-bedroom, you know, two-full bathroom, you know, under 1,000 square feet interior but about 300 square feet exterior, mm, ah. wonderful um, outdoor space with a hot tub you know it 's been languishing <laughs> on the market for about six weeks and we 've had two price drops we 're down to I think a million six, which is a good price for the unit but it 's empty the seller our seller already moved out into a new place that we got him. And I'm I'm debating on whether or not I should stage. We've completely cleaned up the apartment and painted and, and refinished floors. I'm a big believer in staging. But for some reason, I thought that this would probably sell on its own based on the outdoor space and based on the hot tub and all of that stuff. But I'm beginning to think this week that I need to really do that to move this. And why? Because as we all know, when you stage an apartment, it shows much larger.
7: Well, especially mm. in yeah. an apartment that's 1,000 square feet with two bedrooms, I think it's really tough to visualize the space when empty. Um, it does look a lot smaller. But here's the question, though. Where's the location? What neighborhood?
2: Midtown West. Uh,
7: okay. I would definitely yeah, stage, I would
2: stage
6: it. I agree with Perule. In addition, I, I would, I'm not sure about this. I'd have to toss it around in my head, maybe taking it off the market for a week that's- to stage mm-hmm. it. Great yeah. minds. That's, thinking that's yes. the one that I was going to say when Relaunch it done. with new photographs. Yeah. And, yes. And feature, maybe start the first mm-hmm. photograph because I, I'm a believer in when I – have a listing that needs a little refreshing. The first thing I'm going to do is rotate, rotate the it. photographs yep. online. Yep. And I would put the outdoor one, not necessarily stressing the hot tub, because we may think it's really yeah. cool, but a lot of people think it's kind of cheesy. Uh, yeah. Do
2: you, no. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said Man. that. No, yeah. no. Seriously, I it's was true. That was going to be my next comment. Actually, yes. Deborah, I agree with that. And, and Shane and I talked mm-hmm. about my partner talked about taking it off. Uh, for about a week while we did do the staging, yeah. so we can refresh everything the mm-hmm. listing, the days on market, you know, all that good stuff. Yes. Yeah. But Parul, I agree with you because hot tubs are perceived, you know, in this town. I don't even know why, you know, uh, this apartment has one, but, you know, most people who come in, mostly women, it's a day talking about women, mostly women come in and say, that needs to go, or we're not having any part of that. Or it's interesting when a couple comes in and the husband says, "Wow, look at that, honey. There's a hot tub out there." She's like, "That's she, going." Or she, oh ro- God, or she rolls her
7: eyes, right? Uh-huh. Like it's kind of like a, I don't know why for some reason. I mean, a hot tub would be fun, but I don't know. It, it just strikes to me as as a bachelor pad, but. Not the most sophisticated I bachelor pad, pad scenario. That's and
2: exactly correct.
7: I, but the funny thing is, I this was a few years ago. It must have been like six, seven years ago. Uh, I was showing a penthouse listing in the Flatiron area, and what the broker, when we went in to look at this place, and it actually was showing it to a single gentleman client, and uh, the apartment was beautiful, and then you know, outside it had this, I mean, it was beautiful, but very masculine. They were like, they're like animal rug, like, you know, animal skin rugs and heads it was on such, the wall. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was like, it was like so, so man, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, so of course it comes up in conversation. Why are you moving and, and or why is your client moving? And, uh, and he says, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. well my client just got married. His wife doesn't want to be living here. Right. <laughs> and, and we walk okay, outside, you know. we walk outside a, onto the terrace and there's a hot tub and he paid a million dollars a million dollars to block off the street to take a cane, crane and get that Holy hot cow. tub up onto that roof. So it's an incredible thing that we're sitting here calling this I just called it cheesy mm-hmm. yet somebody spent a million dollars to get it onto his Unbelievable. And I have
4: to say what it brings to mind to, mm-hmm. for me if any of you are familiar is Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> dub He yeah. <laughs> dub See,
7: I forgot about thinking, that but I oh do remember god, that Oh my god so
4: funny one of the funniest skits and Absolutely. I'm sorry you just yeah. think of Yeah uh, well
2: you know i could go further i think i'll be quiet well Parole, yeah. you know you know the building All i'm the talking about in midtown west and unfortunately yes, yes. when we I were selling that building hours. the developer decided to <laughs> include hot tubs in some of these outdoor space units yeah. and so now Which isn't, but
7: i you know what i don't think it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a going to be a deterrent per se i just don't think that you can necessarily add extra value for I it totally, i totally yes. agree That's with so. that and i'm also thinking it's it's in a not practical sense yeah. Yeah. That,
6: as we've talked about last week and the week before, we live on top of each other. The idea of having outdoor space is so wonderful. It is. And I think there's a good percentage of the population that says – why would I want to waste my outdoor space with a hot tub okay. when I could put in benches, a picnic area, <clears throat> exactly. something yeah. like that? I think it's.
4: To say one more thing, I know we've been on this for a while, but <laughs> if you, another perspective, which I always love hopping into, <laughs> if you really think about owning a hot tub, all of the joking aside and the memories and the, you know, the stuff associated with a hot tub, how incredible to have your own hot tub! The thing that skeeves me out in hot tubs is getting in one that other people have been in. <laughs> but right. if I uh, owned my own, and the snow is falling, and yeah. I'm out in my hot tub. Right. In the oh my god, right? Okay? Exactly. Because mm-hmm. they're incredible for your body. Right, so there, yeah.
2: there's a time and place
7: True, for
4: everything,
2: and, cool. and and I can agree with that too. Uh-huh. So l- let's move on. Otherwise, we'll we'll be swimming. We'll be all hot afternoon. tubbing <laughs> all day. <laughs>
6: Betty Murphy. All right.
2: So I talked about this in the, in in uh, the news items at the beginning of the show, but with the four twenty one eight. Tax abatement program's expiration date looming. The discourse uh, surrounding the controversial program has reached a bit of a fever pitch. I mean this is a very big hot button in New York. Now the New York Times editorial board has officially come out against the program saying that ideally the legislature should simply abolish 421As. Now let's put our agent hat on, our broker hat on and think about how does this really affect – and then we'll talk about what the buyers think. But how does this really affect or will this affect – the real estate industry here in New York city, because in my opinion, it's a biggie.
7: Wow. So I guess Pearl's talking a lot today. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so for 21 A's, I mean, doing news development and you know, that being, that being so much of my focus. Um, I think I personally think there's a, a there's a pro and there's a con. Um, i I think that the pro is when you are selling the new development, when it's a 10-year or in in some cases longer, depending on what neighborhood you're looking at, the 421A really is very attractive and really gets apartments sold. The problem is when you are about on the seventh year of the tax abatement and the, the person who bought the apartment is now trying to sell that. It's interesting it's almost like you know every other apartment in the in the neighborhood that is not a new development that did not have a four twenty one a doesn't seem to have an issue. People sort of understand that this is what where the taxes are this is where the taxes are going to be, but because of two reasons on the four twenty one a uh number one, it's almost like because people know that there was a tax break there's a psychological barrier that just happens of wanting to be the one who's going to then pay more. Uh, the second part of it is is I think that prices in general in this city are higher when there 's lower carrying costs, so these condos, which had these four twenty one a s have these higher higher price points at which the apartments apartments have been selling for some time, and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden if the market will look for a, a specific correction in the pricing to offset the higher carrying costs and I think that 's where there's a there, there 's a little bit of um of, you know, not the best. Yeah, a little bit of a rub for <laughs> yeah. for the owner. Yeah. Yes. But I think owners have to look at it from the point of view of they did enjoy a tax break for many years. And I think that they need to look at that as a positive thing. And I think that it really does enable us as brokers. It really enables us to and developers to go in, in and develop and and sell in neighborhoods that aren't as nearly as established. I think that it really al- allows the city to become cleaner, you know, in neighborhoods that are that are you know Changing. gritty, not in necessarily the best way. Yeah. So I think that it really is a very positive. I my opinion is it's a very positive program that should not be gotten rid of.
2: I, All right, we're going to go to break, uh, but first you are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away
1: visit blue realty group.com that's b l u realty group.com. stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing
2: really fast
1: all the time the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you are listening to good morning new york real estate with vince rocco
2: Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. We're back with Perul, with um, Ivy, and with Deborah. And we were talking about the 421A tax abatement program. And before we continue that uh, for a few more minutes, I just wanted to explain to – The listening audience out there who may not be aware of what that is, a 421A or a tax abatement is something that the developers who build these large condo buildings here in New York City, uh, they get tax incentives from the city and then they pass that on to individual purchasers of apartments. So for 10 years, 25 years, in some cases 30 years, there is a tax abatement or a reduced tax amount per month on your property because of these 421A uh, tax abatements, as we call them. Now, the controversy is that the current mayor here in New York City is thinking about eliminating the program, as I said at the beginning of the show, for condo developments. And with that, it will change the way we as real estate agents you know, go to market and try and sell our new buyers um, without these abatements. Now, what does that do initially before I open it up back to the panel is a lot of first-time buyers and a lot of you know second and third-time buyers enjoy the benefit of reduced taxes over a 10 or 15 or 25-year period because it reduces their monthly outlay with an abolishing uh, ruling on, you know, uh, 421As that says that every new condo building that gets developed and every building that gets sold, they will go to full tax assessment and the monthlies will then be much more increased. So, Ivy, you wanted to say something before we went I to break. did.
4: You know, I think it's a whole separate show as to how I feel, and I'm sure if we opened it up to all of us about what even the reasoning behind it being abolished would be, mm-hmm. and it really. Pisses me off, you know. I'm just so tired of what it is that's going on in the city that doesn't <clears> serve the city as a whole. That's a whole nother show. But what I want to say is that I think you know it, it's also cool to mention why the abatement was actually put on the table potentially. Mm-hmm. So I'll speak quickly, you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk really fast. I think so that's very important. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and everyone can chime in if I'm missing something. No, it's very important. But just as an yes. overall, we were in a recession. We had gone through a very difficult time in New York City. There was a haul, a lull, actually a standstill largely in development in New York City because land was – everyone was running out of money. It just was a a very Mm -hmm. difficult time. So the city as an incentive gave the developers, as as Vince has just said, this incentive that was – extraordinary where Mm -hmm. the developers could work at less money and then everybody coming in and purchasing was going to get a number of years with zero taxes. And then at, depending on the abatement, say at the seventh year, you get a small percentage and then the next year that gets doubled. And so for a very long time, you're paying no taxes and then very low taxes. And then within a number of years, it goes up to what the regular assessed tax would be on the value of that property. So this is unbelievably important for all kinds of first-time buyers. Mm -hmm. People were actually able to buy that wouldn't be able to buy because carrying cost taxes are high depending upon the Mm -hmm. neighborhood. And then it also – I think just to loop back to you, Pearl – you know, I want to say, get with the program. If you've been able to buy an apartment in New York City and you've paid zero taxes for seven years of your life, do what that means to you annually in your head and you're going to have a little bit of a kicky fit when in fact the taxes start <laughs> coming in. Fit. A kicky fit. A kick I fit. mean, it really it reminds me of a kindergartner. I'm so sorry. And then I then together. The rest okay. of the landscape in New York City is people buying apartments yeah. they love with taxes in place. So anybody having a kicky fit. From my perspective, it's like come on, get with yeah. the program.
7: And what's most important, <laughs> I think, is is to right. recognize the fact that these tax abatements went into play when this city did not look the way it looks now. Yeah, it right. doesn't. It mean, it, in, mm-hmm. I mean, we forget that it was 1995. Very good. Point. When Union Square was was a scary. Mm, hole. It's scary and, yeah. uh, and Time Warner. Uh, yes. War. you and didn't Madison even go Square, around that circle, worse. right? Oh, yeah. Madison Square oh, Park. Oh, yeah, <clears> Madison Square <clears throat> Park had prostitutes. Uh, yeah, and. You know, Times Square was a place where you would clutch your purse and look in every single direction and hope that there were, like, two big burly guys with you to feel safe. As you would in Columbus Circle, as I just said. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And so all of these neighborhoods, I mean – there are many other factors that came to play within the city. One of the biggest ones was to give incentive to developers to clean up these neighborhoods. Yeah. And as mm-hmm. the city grows and prospers, there are new and newer neighborhoods uh, that are still expanding, growing, and getting cleaned up because of these incentives. So I don't yeah. understand the logic I'm behind you. getting rid of this. I think we've got bigger problems in this city to yeah. deal with.
2: We have much bigger Absolutely. problems. And as a segue to that, let's talk about this next topic. So for those of us who don't have have sixty thousand dollars to drop on a summer rental this summer. the summer share house is something of a rite of passage you know with everybody in this town, whether you 're looking for a party house with a group of friends or just an affordable way to spend your warm weather weekends with others, family and friends, there are ways to make this work for just about everybody 's taste and price range. So my question is and i 'm a New Yorker for you know a hundred years and I enjoy my summers, and I certainly enjoy. My weekend's away in the summer. But my question is, and again, for those out there who don't live in New York City or in urban centers, mm-hmm. why um, you know, is it so important for us who love our city so dearly, why is it so important for us to leave on weekends and to find other places to enjoy during the warm weather months? Why not just stay in town it 's a move in this town that everybody is is on, and everybody runs to the beach and everybody runs to the country. Why well, we live very differently here than we do in many other places.
6: Our apartments are smaller when uh, relatives or friends come from other parts of even the United States, and they come from four bedroom four thousand square feet homes yeah. and they say Why do you have two children sharing a bedroom? You mean you don't have a family room? There's no entry hall here. They're very confused as how we live here. So even though we are used to living in our smaller spaces and we take advantage of all the public spaces,
4: Mm
2: -hmm.
6: sometimes we just need to, as I like to say, air ourselves out.
2: Mm. Well, yeah, it, it, it's true, but I, but, yeah. but water is a big draw. I know for me it is. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. like I need to be to, by the water. I need to get out of the city. I need yeah. to feel that breeze, and I need to you know dip into the salt water, whatever. But go ahead. I yeah.
7: th- simply put, it's sanity. Right? Like you just yeah. go for your sanity. Yeah.
2: I was just going to say that,
4: um, you know, uh, again, people that don't know New York and even people that have visited have no clue as to what it's like to really mm-hmm. live here. Mm-hmm. And we say it all, every single show, it comes out of somebody's mouths. We live in one of the greatest cities in the world. And mm-hmm. there are endless reasons for that. But living here comes with a price. So I think that the people that take advantage of having a place consistently out of the city and they only do so in the summer, that's in the back of their consciousness all damn year long as they live in what New York has that kind of compresses you, that is so intense. And these times away on the weekends save our lives. We look forward to it all year long. You've got to have nature. You've got to have space. You've got to have air.
2: Let's tell everybody where these away places are outside of urban Manhattan or New York City. Where do people go? Well, most Fine of one. us
6: from watching television, as everyone around would, most people know of the Hamptons. The Hamptons mm-hmm. were a small summer colony for the uber-wealthy back in the early in the 1900s, day. Yeah, late 1800s. Really, everyone could find a place there. It's near the water because Long Island is actually a very skinny strip of land. Mm-hmm. People go to Fire Island, which is right before the Hamptons, mm-hmm. and all different people go there. I know I go to Woodstock.
2: Um, I many was going to say. Yep, yeah. Many
6: people go to the Berkshires. I was up there and last sh-
2: summer for the whole summer, for, if you right. remember. Three right. right,
4: so you've got right. this incredible so- wild
6: lifestyle or quieter lifestyle
4: in the yes. Hamptons. It's almost New York City at the beach. And then if you go upstate, where Deborah just yes. said, you've got. Some of the best climbing on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. You've got fly fishing. You've got horseback riding. You've yes. got
2: nothing. You you've um, got f- there, there's flea flea something in it for everybody. Canyon. I wanted to just say mm-hmm. that Nile walked in. We only have a couple of minutes left. Welcome. Believe it or not, until hey, the show ends. Yeah, <laughs> but welcome. You just broke the uh, the whole ladies' movement here. This I know. I, mean, there there the downstairs downstairs I don't to. want to interrupt anything.
8: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, everyone's got the, the flow going.
2: No, but I was going to ask you because you know. What are you we, doing? Yeah, you do. Oh man. We talk about you know. We talked about on this show many times. About transportation and us yeah. as agents running around, you got caught in a real dilemma this morning. Tell a us real
8: happened. big dilemma. I didn't Boy. even know what was happening. I was literally um, under the uh, underground. I was on the Q train and I was trying to get up here. Uh, literally underground for about forty-five minutes to an hour, and the it was hot. The AC wasn't on, so everybody oh. was sweating. And uh, the you know they have like the oh. the PA where the the, yeah. the conductor can yeah. talk to you. Um, they that wasn't working, so I we no one knew what was happening, oh my God. and I had no service. I'm just standing there like, all right, this is this is oh, no good. Oh,
7: standing there because yeah, it's it was, so it was busy packed. in the morning. It was and literally wow. packed and, and I were texting <laughs> you saying, there's a
6: fire on the tracks. Then we said, well, he's underground, so he's not going to even get this text. Well,
2: here's the problem, too, because you're not only stuck underground for yeah. 45 minutes an hour, but you're on a rush hour train, everybody yep. going to work, so it's packed like sardines and there's no air conditioning. This this one would have been freaking right out. Yeah, this, this, this one,
4: as in Vince oh, yeah. Rocco, listening audience. Right, right. Yeah. You
2: know, I took. Wild- I, I
8: went to my own Zen place. So I was. I'm reading the. I'm reading the book "The Cell" by Frederick Eklund. Oh, and, uh yeah, I just. Book. I crushed good about book. 45 pages. I was just, that, that's just,
7: just reading. Wow. Oh, that's I was just so reading. funny. Actually, that's what I texted him. I said. I said. I hope you have the cell with you, so you can tell me that the next <laughs> section is the best ever.
2: I just started reading that last night. <laughs> oh, you so
8: did. I, I I'm on the social. Social media yes. part, so yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. It's finest. good. All the, all those people out there around the world, I would, I recommend getting the book.
2: There you go, plug for Fred Eklund, a friend of ours. We love him dearly. It is a good book. I've heard yeah. great things about it, and I just started reading it last night. So hopefully, I'm going oh. to finish it. But thank you for cool. you know showing up and no and, problem. You know, Giving it the old uh, boys try, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The old Good Morning New York try. You you, you did it. You did it. So unfortunately, we are out of time. So you came just in the nick of time. (laughs) So I wanted to thank all of our guests today from uh, the two ladies this morning from Crew New York, my fabulous panel here um, in studio with me. That's our show for this week. We are back next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific Time Live. You can always catch the show later in the day on podcast or anytime on our website, voiceamerica.com. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thank you, and we will see you next time.
1: Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.